Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. Can you make a clover with your tongue? Oh, you can. You know that's a genetic trait? My, I come from a family of good pussy eating. I guess so. Genetically good at pussy eating? Congratulations. Thank you very much. Very happy for you. Yeah, we have to start with that. Can we please start with that? Okay. Okay, because if you're going to say that, that's such a nice compliment <laughs> to my family tree that if we don't start, then I, I need that on record. For anybody listening, I can do the clover with my tongue and the it's a genetic trait. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Oh, and great. it just means I'm good at eating pussy. Good for you. Yeah. Congrats. Or, hey, you know, like who knows what I'm going to change my mind and do when I'm 80 years old and be like, I've never given head. At this point, what's the difference? It's not sexual. It's just curiosity. Yeah. Can you uh, tie a cherry stem into a knot? I can tie a cherry stem very easily, very quickly. Wow. And I can pull it tight, too. I know how to grip it in my teeth on one end and wrap my tongue around it with the other so I can make it a tight knot and not just like a loose a loose goose <laughs> that'll come undone. I feel like many people listening are thrilled to hear that. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's pretty, I mean, I just got a little flushed. Like yeah. my temperature just went up like two degrees. What else could you tie in a knot in your mouth? Uh, that would be fun. I know. What? You have a joke about it. <laughs> Oh my God, I forgot about that. <laughs> Don't you think that'd be sexy on a date? Yeah. If you like popped an octopus in your mouth and tied all the tentacles and then popped it back out like. It was so romantic. I would faint. <laughs> <laughs> he did every single tentacle, all eight. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to light that up? I am. This is such a good app. I'm co- We're rub. recording the intro to this right after talking with Mike and right. I feel so good. He's such a good hang. I'm. This is, a, this is the kind of app that not only did I did I need, uh-huh. but I just feel like electric right now. This is the kind of app that doesn't need an introduction. It really doesn't. We well, almost we haven't didn't said record. Hello. Yeah. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> I know. We're just yapping and smoking mm-hmm. per the usual. What up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? It's I, it's great. Like, what a lovely life. Welcome to Weed and Grub, everybody. This is a podcast about comedy, cannabis, culture, cooking, calling shit out. Mike Kaplan. Uh, yeah. Fucking consciousness elevating. Consciousness Kindness. Elevating. Yes. Fucking cool times and good hangs. It was such a good hang. Yeah. Ooh, this is nice. I yeah. like Stone Road. Stone Road. Here you go. Yeah, let me light this more. Yeah. Um, yeah, we almost didn't record an intro. We were like, should we just drop that conversation? Because it was so like, no brilliantly balanced. And yeah. he's so funny. His new album is such a banger. Mm-hmm. But we also have a duty. <laughs> the duty. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's some cool news coming out of the cannabis world that we just wanted to celebrate before yeah. we get into the uh, interview. Yes. So I just received today this news from the National uh, Cannabis Industry Association, which is sort of um, the, well, it's an association for the national cannabis industry. So anyway. <laughs> and we're all talking like Mike Kaplan <laughs> And now. we're off. So, but it's great news because, you know, part of the um, 
suffering of the cannabis industry during this coronavirus time is that they don't have access to federal funds or any of the stimulus package because obviously weed is not legal at a federal level. Even though it's been deemed essential, yep. it's not federally. We put an Instagram post about it. In and every state with uh, legal cannabis, it has been deemed essential in some form, either medical or adult use and medical. And so it's crazy that these businesses don't have access to any of the stimulus um, funding. So the great news from the National Cannabis Industry Association today was that cannabis banking reform was included in the latest COVID relief legislation that's being considered in the House. So Nancy Pelosi um, announced that the bill that is being uh, going before the House will um, improve access to banking services and loans for the regulated cannabis industry. Can we say that in a way that a dumb person like me gets it? Uh, the regulated cannabis industry, businesses operating legally in legal states will hopefully have access to f- stimulus funds from the federal government. Fucking yes. If this passes. And it's called the HEROES Act. Um, yeah. And it would just uh, allow them to have access to continue operations and pay their employees. Beautiful. If churches can get 9000 out of the 1200 or 12000 PPE loans that were available or whatever it was. Do you read that shit? No. Of course not. I'm staying away from the news. I hear you on that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, finally, some fucking good news. Yeah, it's a little bit of good news that uh, we'll have to pay attention to and follow up on because it has to go before the House and then the Senate for consideration. So it's not necessarily going to pass, but it's great that it is being included in this current round of um, yeah, stimulus. If reform. you're not talking about it, it doesn't exist. So the fact that it's being talked about is so important. Yeah. Fucking cool. Go. Some it. good news for a good day. Yeah. Word. I um, also wanted to give a quick shout out to um, a couple of people who wrote to us because last episode we were talking about how we just had to go on a fucking screen cleanse. Just clean the screen that is our brain and tap the pus out of our ears. And we got a really one in specific like letter from somebody and I was hoping we could read it on air. Uh, but I don't like... I don't know. Like sometimes I listen to my voice and I'm like, oh man, it's just all nose. I, like my voice is all nose. I think you have a very mellifluous voice. Like the Cinderella bad person? What? The bad person in Cinderella? What are you talking about? Maleficent. No, mellifluous. Is that one good? Yes. Tight. <laughs> <laughs> mellifluous is nice on the ears. It's oh, really? lovely sounding. Yeah. It is. I think you have a smile in your voice. I think you, you work to keep that smile in your voice. And I can always hear it. And I appreciate that. And also you've got like a nice timbre. Mary Jane. Yeah. Now who's flush? That said, <laughs> I'll read this. Because <laughs> I love the sound of my voice. Get out of the way. Here we go. So Ryan wrote to us, uh, the subject is great show. And he says, I just started listening to the podcast and I love it. I work as a legal professional in a very conservative state that recently legalized medical marijuana. As someone that benefits from the therapeutic treatment that cannabis provides, I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed learning more about cannabis culture on your show. This show makes my morning commute a lot more enjoyable and I learn something new with every episode. Have y'all, yes, I'm that Southern, watched Have a Nice Trip on Netflix. I would love to hear y'all's take on it. Thanks, Ryan. That Thank makes you so me feel much. so good. Yeah. Yeah, my eyes are smiling. <laughs> Thank you very, very much. Also, that Stone Road is delicious weed, so yeah. good combo. Fucking, uh, I have not seen that Netflix doc yet. I have not either. I've gotten a lot of DMs from a lot of people being like, yo, is this, have you seen this? Have you seen this? And I haven't watched it. Um, a part of me hasn't watched it because of my own ego. I wish I was asked to be a part of it, but also I wasn't and I didn't even know it existed. So what am I mad about? I just looked it up because I didn't know what it was and I'm seeing that it is 
celebs sharing psychedelic stories? Yes. I did not know about it. Yo. How the fuck did I miss that? So I'd love to watch it with you then. Yeah. But let's watch it while we take some like microdose of mushrooms or something. Yeah. Did it just come out? It just came okay, out. Okay, thank God. Because it just come out. It just <laughs> Cool. <laughs> I have mushroom tincture and a little bit of um, microdose LSD tincture too. Yeah? What about so, Veronica? What are you talking about? Or Monica. I messed up the joke. What? A little bit of... A little bit of Monica. Oh, nice. <laughs> I wouldn't have gotten it anyway. Yeah, it's not good. I appreciate it, though. <laughs> and you just keep moving and you just keep swimming. Just, just like our going. guest today, Mike Kaplan, fucking taught us, like, if that one didn't work, you just keep talking and you just keep going and you never stop and you don't sit in it and something else will come. Damn right. What a fucking great lesson. Uh, I mean, that he tells us all about. I don't need to reiterate it here. But it is worth saying that I would like to watch that doc with you. And okay. um, if, if I do have a take on it, I'd be happy, as always, to share it on this pod. Yeah. Because anybody who's co-signing it who is listening to us, maybe we are, you know, one in the same. Oh, cool. That singularity of you might like this. And I trust that so hard. Yeah, that feels really nice. I mean, it is lovely to have someone see something that they like and then think we would like it too. That's it. That feels cool. The Yo, connections. Fucking right. So one, thank you, Ryan. Two, I will check it out. Microdosing on a little bit of Monica and see how it goes. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> um, before we get to the app, can I also just say that um, we made some slow roasted fucking short ribs Yo. that I just have to talk about for a second because of the like the result was just so fucking crazy. We cooked them for five and a half hours at 250 degrees in coconut milk and curry with ginger, garlic, and shallots. And holy motherfuck. Served with a little toasted coconut, lime juice, and cilantro. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Extraordinary mouth baby. Oh, the baby was so bright. Yeah. I, I've never slow roasted anything. And so to just leave something in your oven at 250 degrees all day and baby. watch it transform mm -hmm. from like, you know, bone in short ribs to just a shreddy, jammy. coconutty, jammy, rich as fuck. Boozy. Yeah. I oh. looked at it and when it all cooked down was like, oh, that's not that much. And then I had a tablespoonful and I was like, <laughs> oh, it's like fucking foie gras. It is. With some yeah. like day old rice and a little bit of red or red onion, uh, green onion. Yeah. Green onion needs a branding change also. Well, scallions, right? Yeah. Let's call it scallions okay. from now on. Sure. Why am I yelling? Am I, I embarrassed? I'm embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I'm, I'm embarrassed. And so I attack. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, fuck you, green onions, <laughs> making me look stupid. Uh, shout out to Chris Morocco, as always, from Bon Appetit. That was his recipe. Um, you know, I love him more and more. I love how he's thriving in quarantine life. Yeah. Quar life. Yeah, well, you know, when you cracked that lappy and found that That's right. <laughs> recipe. That's right. I cracked my lappy and I found that recipe and I'm going to make it trend. It's going to happen. Crack the lappy, everyone. That means it's time to work. Yeah. Crack the lappy. So if anyone out there is opening up their laptop, just, you know, give a quick, yo, we out here cracking lappies. Yeah, I got to crack the lappy. Time to get to work. Time to, <laughs> time to make the cheddar. Crack the lappy. Hashtag virus vocab. Hashtag quar life. Please make it trend. Nothing would make me happier. Can you imagine fucking Migos? Yeah, <laughs> I can. I, that's, that's the thing. That's my fucking problem is that I really, truly can't imagine this going viral. We out here cracking a little lappy. Yeah. Lappy. Skirt. <laughs> Splash. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, anything else before we get to our wonderful guest? Uh, buds of the week. I'd love oh. to give a couple special people shout outs because yeah, we have some good buds this week. My bud of the week this week is Ben Whalen. He was a guest on the show. His Instagram is it's Ben Whalen, and he drove all the way over here to drop off. I needed a new dab rig, and he dropped off Show's new dab rig. Shout out Dab Nation, and it's called the Carta, and it's giving Puffco's Peak a run for its money. It's a beautiful, beautiful dab rig. Um, as soon as I get back on social media and decide to start posting again and become as addicted as I was, I will post about it. Until then, I just need to give him a special shout out for one, driving all the way over, two, hooking me up with a beautiful dab rig, and three, for being a really good friend. So thank you, Ben. And follow him on Instagram at It's Ben Whalen. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. He's such a good follow. He's always posting messages of like positivity and like hustle. Yeah. Yeah. I think he has the word gratitude tattooed on his arm. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, man. Or that's... no, be grateful, I think. Be grateful. Mm-hmm. And it's like, bro, preaching it, wearing it, living it. Yeah. We're talking about your tattoos, Ben. <laughs> mm. Who's your butt of the week? My butt of the week is my sister, Caroline. Um, I got a message last night and she was like, keep an eye out for a package coming your way, a quarantine care package for you and Mike and the animals. And I was just like, you know, she's such a truly incredible person. She has sent, I think this will be like the third or fourth care package that we received since the like sheltered home started. She just wants everyone to have like treats all the time. And, you know, she's always the one who like sends flowers to our mom and puts my name on it as well. And, and then tells me about it so that I can make sure to call mom for Mother's Day, which I totally did and it was wonderful but she's just like incredibly thoughtful and generous and fun and cool and I love her so much and she's uh my big sis so she's at Caroline F. Gibson on Instagram but I don't think she even posts there so she's too busy making the world a better place to be posting yeah she's saving the Salish Sea with her uh nonprofit. damn right coolest and uh, I love her yo and our guest this week Mike Kaplan is another one just a positive beam of light He's yeah. a beam of fucking light. He sure fucking is. Yeah. I felt like we were new friends when we finished this hour conversation. He even called it out fun. at the top. Yeah. Look, we don't need to get into it. But what I will say, just as an intro, is we talk about it a lot in the ep, and it is an amazing album. So go, go, go buy his new album, a.k.a. He's an incredible stand-up comedian who I've been following for a very long time, so it was great to sit down with him. And his evolution and his growth and his comedy will just give you a great day so go check it out go fuck with him and without further ado here is our interview with mike kaplan let's get into it let's get into it why okay. not i mean we're all glowing and very very pleasant already yeah uh what up mary jane how's it going mike we're having fun let's ju- dive right in yes Plummet let's jive right in too why right not in. be weird about it let's <laughs> jive right in Awkward. <laughs> mike would you please uh introduce yourself and give a just a brief bio description of who you are and what you be popping with oh sure uh i am mike Kaplan. I am a stand-up comedian. That is one of the things that I am popping with. I'm sorry if I uh, conjugated that wrong, but uh, I particularly like uh, jiving right in. That's uh, I feel like we are uh, strangers who just met but like each other. That's uh, what that's the kind of pe- people that I know that I call us. Uh, I <laughs> I've been doing stand-up for about 18 years. I just put out a new album called AKA very recently. It's available all the places. Comedy album are or might be might be uh could be like could be under a rock who knows uh but but also it's above many rocks and uh i've done stand-up on various tv 
shows. I have my own podcast called Broccoli and Ice Cream. I almost forgot the name of my podcast, but I remembered it <laughs> just in time to look silly. And I do have a, <laughs> a, a stand-up special on Amazon called Small, Dork, and Handsome. Uh, and those are, that's, I mean, that's who I am as a creative art comedy person. I also am a, a human. I have a girlfriend I live with and I love. Uh, I love dogs making noise while I'm talking. I'm, uh, hecklers. We I, got some hecklers. I'm yeah. releasing some other, you know, like high pitched sounds as well. So that was my bad. Uh, I was like, I, it's just a dog detector. Um, but yeah, I don't, <laughs> if there are any other specific questions, I, I love uh, my friends and my family, uh, my chosen family, my, uh, my logical and many of my biological family members. Uh, I'll say I'll say them all. If anyone, if any of them are listening, certainly any family member who's watching or listening to this. Uh, yeah, let's shout they, them all out. Yeah, they are a hundred percent. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> and are you left or right-handed? I am right-handed. Okay. Okay. We got to the bottom of it. Oh yeah. Nice. Oh, was that um, that, that was all you needed? I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am going to step away for a second and tie my dog up. Okay. Okay. Like like hog tie him. I'll, yeah. I'll tell you, dog tie him, and I'll no. <laughs> of course. Yeah, yeah. I'll just, be right back. Just jive right into dog tying him, and I'll tell you. <laughs> Uh, the thing that the thing that just happened, if I may, uh, this can be edited. It, you don't have to use it, but uh, just while we're why not keep talking? Uh, yeah. The the experience we just had reminds me of this uh, story by uh, Isaac Basheva Singer, a Jewish folk tale writer. Uh, he wrote a story about a guy from like a it was basically a dumb guy from a dumb place left, went out into the world, and found himself at a. Uh, a restaurant and he was like i want to eat stuff and they brought him some stuff and then he's like i'm still hungry and they brought him more stuff and he kept ordering more and more things and he kept ordering and he never got full until he ordered maybe almost everything on the menu and they finally they brought him a cookie and he ate the cookie and then he was full and he was like oh man if we had known that it was the cookie that would make me full <laughs> then uh, I wouldn't have even ordered all that other stuff. And that's like, if you had just told me you wanted to know my handedness, I would have uh -huh. handily told you. <laughs> that's an amazing story. That's so great. I'm glad. Um, is, your dog, is your dog dog tied? My dog is tied, dog tied. <laughs> Excellent. Yep, hand and foot, bound. Oh boy, <laughs> foot and foot. <laughs> paw and paw. No. Well, aren't their front feet, their front those are hands because they're, they're in front. Nope, four feet. No hands. Dogs have no hands, all feet. Really? Mm -hmm. I oh, because they don't have a thumb. A thumb equates a hand. Sure. That sounds fine. I mean, I can't, I can't swear that because our, our toes do, like, they look like they have a thumb. Like, if you were like, which one's your thumb toe? We could all point to what we think our thumb toe is. Though we do, we wouldn't just call it, what's the thumb of your foot? It's, it is strange to say. So our feet, generally speaking, we don't talk of having thumbs. But hands, we do. So that, if that's what helps you remember it. But can I ask how old you are? I'm just very curious of how long you went thinking that dogs had hands. <laughs> That's a very good question. <laughs> like you have a beard, so you're like a, you seem like you're grown, or who knows yeah. what happened? Yeah, 
No, yeah, I've been hiding my face for a long time, but I'm in my 30s. I'm going to be 33 soon. Great. And that's going to be a time that is hopefully good because my email is mglaze33. Oh. Because nice. you were born in 1933. I got it. Okay, go. Let's, yep, uh, 1933. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and, then I've, and then they suspended. My fucking mom put me in suspended animation for the first 10 years of my life. Oh, just the first <sighs> 10? Oh, man. Or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> like in like a polio machine? Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, Mike, your comedy, I've been listening to it since I discovered you on Last Comic Standing. Oh, wow. Um, I, I didn't discover you. Since I heard your comedy for the first time, I think that's a little insane to say that I discovered you. Um, but you're, you were like nobody else. You went incredibly far on that season. I, I immediately bought your first album and was like, holy shit, nobody's doing what this guy is doing. And that still seems to be the case. So my question is, how do you do it and why do you do what you do because nobody else is doing it? Oh, that's, uh, that's, a, gr- I, that's a very flattering uh, lead up to question and also the question itself uh, that in a way, if I was going to answer it uh, briefly, which I already am not, I would say, <laughs> like short answer, you already answered it in your question because I mean why I'm doing it uh, when nobody else is is because nobody else is that's the goal I think of most most comedians most artists most creative people of any kind I mean you might you might start out looking at some of your heroes and being like oh I want to I want to write jokes like them or I want to play music maybe you don't want to but maybe but you often do you might go through a phase where you like seem like your your influences your heroes the people that you like you're like because what else do you know like when you're talking you you talk like the people around you you're growing up but ultimately hopefully you're you're aiming to discover you know who you are and how you do what you can do as only you can like the best the best comedians are all people I think that that would be true of that like nobody's doing what Maria Bamford is doing nobody is doing what Paul F. Tompkins is doing except for those people nobody is doing like what Reggie Watts is doing or Bo Burnham like they're all you know some people want to be like the best at comedy maybe and that's that's great but I think the way that at a certain point, there's no sense in like comparing like who's be- like who's best, the best symphony orchestra or the best hip hop group or the best jazz improviser. You know, is it who is like at, they're all the we all want to be the best at being ourselves at doing the best thing that we can do. So that is one one reason uh, as far as as far as why I guess it's, I love I love doing it. I love like when I discovered, what I discovered, I, I also, f- I'm fine with you saying that you discovered me. I do understand. You discovered me like Columbus discovered America. There were other people here. Yeah. But uh, so <laughs> you're right to not say it. And thank you for not treating me like Columbus treated America. And uh, <laughs> I, I te- and thank you. I also think that the album that I put out 10 years ago, which is when the first album that I put out came out, that you would have gotten, because that is also the year that I was on Last Comic Standing. Uh, I, what I am doing now is not, you know, it's not, I'm not a different human being. I mean, other than, you know, by molecules and uh, many other experiences, I am skin. uh, You have new skin. Absolutely. I, I am in, there's certainly a continuum of existence from 2010 to now, uh, chronologically, biologically, consciousness wise, though I have had many experiences since then that I, like, I think like the album that I just put out this year, this this past week, is uh, I, my favorite thing that I've ever recorded as far as comedy goes. It's my I think it's congrats. I, I mean, I, if you, it's funny. My girlfriend was just telling me that uh, wet the weekend of the recording, she was in uh, a, a the bathroom after the show, uh, and like a few a few women in there. Two, there was like three women, and two of them were like. 
that was so great. And then the third one was like, have you heard his earlier stuff? And they were like, no. He's like, and then the girl was like, she, she was, he was, uh, he was, I like, I liked it better. And, uh, but this is, you know, a story about maybe that, maybe that woman in particular didn't, wasn't, uh, maybe she was drunk or maybe she wasn't listening. Maybe who, who knows what it was. Maybe she just <laughs> wanted to big time her friends. But, uh, yeah, the point probably. is two out of three women in a bathroom prefer this album <laughs> to any of my older stuff. And, uh, that's, I've done a scientific study. That's, uh, not just anecdote is 100% only anecdotal evidence. And and also the people uh, in question didn't listen to the older stuff. Maybe they have now. Who can say? But uh, what if they come back and they're like, no, it's actually worse. He, he, you're wrong. Um, <laughs> I, I, I love everything. I mean, while I'm doing it, I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad that I'm doing it. And then I'm also glad to be able to look back and be like, wow, I think that what I'm doing now is better. I think I'm a better comedian and human. I'm, you know, improving in lots of ways. That's, I'm glad that seems like a, it's a hope. It's a tra- trajectory that I hope for many people. Uh, I hope for, I'll say for everyone. I hope it for everyone. I hope that everyone is constantly like be able to look back and be like, Oh, I have grown in whatever way, uh, professionally, creatively, spiritually, emotionally, uh, romantically, physically, I've grown taller. Like that's what I hope for people. I hope they just get taller in all of the what taller spiritually and, uh, you know, like head higher, but feet still on the ground. That's what, what they say sometimes. Wow. I've, uh, <laughs> uh, they, that's like a Buddhist thing and a 311 year lyric. Keep your uh, head in the clouds and your feet on the ground. And um, <laughs> it's, I saw it, I saw it on a Buddhist tweet and then a friend of mine was like, yeah, it's also uh, 311. So um, if I'm not mistaken or if my friend's not, if I'm not mistaken. I think Buddha got it from 311 yeah, is my understanding. I, I think we're all one. You know, like the uh, there's the Buddha, the Dharma and the Sangha. That's the three. Then there's the one that we are all. And then there's the one that we are all it's just three and then one and one the trinity and then the, just a couple extra ones for you know in case like one of your one of your holy ghosts break down or something you know we got it oh man mm-hmm. do we have, oh we got an extra one over here so we got we got five five to start with but it's uh, is that really where the band name comes from oh no i made that up right now um, <laughs> <laughs> because i have to say i when i was with high times i interviewed a couple of members of Three eleven. Three eleven. You almost said three one one. And I almost you? said three one one because ah. at the time, oh, yes. I had been I'd been living elsewhere and I didn't know who they were. And uh, I was like, "Who is this three one one band?" And everyone was like, "Oh my god, Amber is the color of your energy. You don't know that." And I didn't. I felt like a fucking nerd. But then I met them and it was like, "His name's Peanut." You know, you can't take that seriously. So oh, sure. I mean, where they did get their name, actually, I think you're not that mistaken for calling them three one one because uh, you just had to get some information. You had to call for information, and uh, that is what the information number is in New York City, where I live, uh, for like city wide things like if your car got towed or something so or the uh, yeah. color of your energy <laughs> it's like yeah, the only yeah. good thing bloomberg did right yeah yeah exactly oh, mr bloomberg what is the color of your energy okay so um <laughs> i just wanted to check yes. but uh so i i mean i started doing comedy in 2002 and was just mostly i just like jokes you know the joke it was like yeah. sort of jokes like equations you know like just like oh this like one line at a time try them see if they work and then like a few years in i like saw like rory scovel and a friend of mine micah sherman and saw like great how they, they uh, you know, would be in the moment more than I. They I, they wouldn't just do a set, you know, that was like same same from start to finish every every time. The like I just they would. Rory, I did this Seattle comedy competition with him, and uh, every day most of the people were doing like competing with different audiences, different judges. So we'd do the same set because you're in front of a different audience. But Rory was just like going everywhere, going like around the stage in his mind, in his bits, like changing the order, living in them for and creating different worlds with the characters. And I was just like, I didn't even know you could do this. And so I I took from that like the uh, the way to do it 
the way to do that my way was to, instead of just telling a joke from beginning to end as I'd written it in advance, I then, let's say it didn't work. I was like, but I think it's funny. I'll just keep living in the world of the joke. I'll keep, I'll keep talking. I don't, I, Rory doesn't own talking, you know? I, so I, t- I, took, <laughs> I took talking. I was like, talking is, uh-huh. I think I can keep, if I keep doing it, then I would discover more things about, uh, I was like, I know, I know there's something here. And so I would then uh, incorporate as part of my process uh, moving forward, like being like writing on stage, like I would come to the stage with ideas, and I'd be like, "This, if this is it, then this is it." Dayenu, I don't know if you, you know that Jewish. Uh, it means like yeah, that would be enough, you know. Like if that, if, that, if this is the whole joke, Dayenu. But if not, if I can discover something in the moment that then I can add next time, and then sort of building it together, you know, like uh, just uh, sometimes I think about like you know start with a snowflake and then add another snowflake, and then you eventually got like snowball and you roll it down a hill, and then it goes more and more, and there's a big boulder chasing a little like an old. Ice sculpture of uh, you know uh, whatever what is his name uh, Indiana Jones and then you know eventually it smashes then it's a beautiful uh, avalanche of uh, you know some kind of uh, ice ice and uh, it's very cold is the point my comedy is <laughs> super cold I have another analogy yep. <laughs> where it's about glass blowing and it's very hot so it's both there's a lot of great truths and opposites uh, and you heard it here first Mike it, Kaplan's comedy is hot and cold oh yeah like a pop tart you know and uh, <laughs> yeah that's what I be popping these days is popped. <laughs> Popped art and uh, otherwise known in comedy as dad jokes. So um, yeah. that, there's one it right sounds there. Like, it sounds like you have a, a sort of a circular breathing for the brain technique that oh, goes. I, I like that a lot. Yeah. Like bagpipe style sort of, you know, you're breathing as you're playing and you're playing as you're breathing and it all comes out as one thing. Yeah. Put that bag in your pipe, you know, and uh, and smoke <laughs> it if you wish. I don't know if you ever made a bong, a bong pipe. How about that? Uh, seems like that could feed a lot of that could feed a lot of hungry. Irish, Scottish, uh, wherever the bagpipes are, uh, <laughs> high people or hu- people who want to be high, people who are you know Highland this- people. Do you ever, yeah. you ever, you ever think about what's that thing? You know, they're like, hey, there's there's children starving all over the world. Hey, there's there's kids who are sober all over the world. So you gotta you gotta make sure to eat all your weed. You know what I mean? You don't wanna you don't wanna waste any of that weed. A good segue into uh, one of the uh, jokes that uh, I love of yours is about having uh, kids and doing drugs. Oh, sure. I would highly recommend having or doing drugs rather than having kids. Yes. Oh, thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> that that is from my the album previous that came out right before the one that just came out from uh, 2017. The album is called No Kidding, and it is all about not wanting children. That is why I called the album that. And uh, yeah, definitely I. We're now like, you know, three years past when the album came out, so I haven't done those jokes in a long time. I'm grateful that you appreciate them and I recommend everyone check them out because I I know I know you're not you aren't necessarily trying to be like, so I hear you have a joke about this topic. <laughs> well, let yeah. me tell you a little bit about that joke. I like it and you can listen to it as you have. Thank you so much. Well, I appreciate it because I do drugs and I don't have children. So, you know, just from a personal perspective, I really related to that. And also to the fact that you are the only person I've ever heard do a salvia bit. Oh, that I just have to say, I appreciate it so much. I'm I'm very (laughs) glad. Well, then I don't know if you have listened to the new album yet uh, called AKA. It has no salvia bits, but it does have an extended chunk about ayahuasca. So I'm uh, I've been moving forward. I don't know if. Does does I, does High Times only cover weed, or does it do other mind-altering drug-type substances as well? 
all the things. There was like a centerfold in the '80s dedicated to cocaine. They've they've done all the things. Oh wow! Well, but now Mary Jane is uh, is writing pieces for Rolling Stone. Ah. And uh, Rolling. I left High Times a couple of years ago, so now yeah. I'm rolling, <laughs> rolling stoned. Okay, I got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Wanna... <laughs> I'm on the weed beat over there. <laughs> the Molly and weed. Yeah. Yeah, all of it. Yo, all of it. Uh, w- uh, so ayahuasca. Can yeah. I ask you about your experience? Can I ask you why ayahuasca? Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> uh, do you have any specific questions about it, or do you want me to just uh, start releasing it into well, you? <laughs> I would. I would also say that we met very, very, very briefly, like a year ago in LA at a Chinese restaurant comedy club where the it was palace? Like the, le- the palace, the palace, and we met there briefly. And you were working on your ayahuasca material. And we were just talking in the corner a bit, and I was like, whoa, nobody is talking about this here. And you were like, oh, man, it's, like, pretty fucking rad. So maybe as, like, just a jump-off question, um, leading up to this new album, AKA, um, what was your experience like, and how did you finally decide, oh, I think I can make this funny instead of so personal that no one can understand what I'm talking about? Sure. Uh, I, that's, I mean, isn't that our mission in life, to make life intelligible first to us and then to communicate what we can so that it also is to others? And then eventually somebody's like, wait, what are you talking about? And you're like, oh, you see the colors differently? Okay, well, let's uh, let's back up then. But uh your microphones are red and blue. Is that right? Okay, great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I And mine is black, like the outer space background that I've got. Um, we look great. I thank you so much. Uh, so I believe my first ayahuasca ceremony experience was in 2014, and we record this now in 2020. And so between 2014 and 2019, when I recorded the album, uh, I probably did, like, I'd say some dozens of ayahuasca ceremonies. And, uh, like, I I would say, I think my estimation is a double-digit number. That's what I can offer you. Wow. Um, And I don't know what it is. Um, But I, I, like, I did it, I think, September 2014. And then it just, my first few experiences with it were almost exclusively like ethereal and that's not how it goes for everybody all the time it's not how it goes for me all the time but uh it's you know how you know how drug dealers get you like they give you something (laughs) something for free or something that's good and they're like come on back and then work on your life therapeutically you know and uh, (laughs) then get to the bottom of all the emotional difficulties that you're facing right now and then moving forward because you're always having something and it helps tell you where you are and uh anyway so like a like a the the guide that I go to calls it a uh, a spiritual GPS. It doesn't make you powerful. It doesn't like even tell you who you are, but it helps you determine where you are. And so then, like, where have you been? And where do you want to go? Which way are you facing? Like, what what are you contending with in life and uh, in relationships? You know, with, with romance, with your family, with uh, you know people. Just every anything that's in you, you know, might come up. They they say so. It's uh, it comes from South America, the plant, uh, ayahuasca. It's like a vine that gets combined, gets combined with a leaf, uh, chacruna. And then one of one of the substances like ups the DMT level in your brain. And then the other one, I think, decreases the inhibitor that's normally operating in your brain. That Because normally there is DMT in your brain. And what oh. I understand is that when we die, it is released. And so that is why the experience of an ayahuasca ceremony or smoking DMT is something akin to as much as people can know while alive uh, what it like what the experience of dying might be like because
because that's like the death chemical. So it floods death into your brain, more uh, or less? Yeah, that's, uh, that is, is my that, understanding. Or God. Or God. Yeah. The God molecule, right? You know, yeah. the, there's a, a rabbi friend of mine who is also a Buddhist uh, meditation practitioner and teacher. Uh, he's been on my podcast a couple times, and one time he said to me, uh, this rabbi, he said, uh, God does not exist. God is existence. And I like that a lot. Uh, and so if God is existence, existence itself contains life and death. I mean, and it is like sort of a, a cyclical concept. Like every, every moment we are, you know, the, the moment that the, the us that we were, the ego, the, the thing that the illusory self, the thing of molecules that have quarks that are, you know, blinking in and out. And we're made of different material, not only every seven years, but also like moment to moment, there's different particles, different matter, different energy. And so there's like life is a constant series of just, you know, every, every split second, every moment of death and rebirth, death and rebirth right now. Uh, who are you? I just got here, you know? And uh, there's some <laughs> consciousness continuity that goes forward that it seems, at least so far, it seems, seems like we have memories from a point to now and also, but, you know, who knows what mem memory. My girlfriend just the other day, uh, was saying we, we, she was like we you know we, we know how like memory gets rebuilt reconstructed every time you remember a memory you don't have an exact it's not a photocopy that you look at you like recall and then you build it and so you might you change slightly each time something you know every time you're remembering the last memory not the original source material so it keeps like may, not, if not degrading shifting like your memory keeps shifting and she was like oh it's like uh, like the game telephone like you're trying to tell yourself it's a game telephone that you're playing with yourself and you're like okay so it was this okay it was this it was this it was this you know and it just keeps shifting and now even our understanding of that concept of memory like how did we not conceive of it as such before oh now now that's written into the story the memory of how we recall memories and how i tell this story but that this is all to say uh, oh, one more memory. My friend uh, Kelly McFarland is a comedian in Boston, and I was on uh, a live streaming show with her a week or two ago. And she said uh, we were talking about, you know, this coronavirus quarantining shelter in place time. And she was like, you know, every morning I wake up and I'm like, I made it another day. I'm, al I'm alive. I made it another day. And then she said right after that, sorry to be morbid. And the thing is like being alive, making it another day, like in, if you look at the transcript, there's nothing, you know, what's morbid, morbid is death, morbid you know, for what most people think they're like, Hey, don't talk about death. But even to talk about life is now and always like life and death are, you know, flip sides of the same coin. They're the, they're the yin and the yang. And so for her to be like, I'm alive. Sorry to be morbid. You know, like, oh, that's fine. Like, it's fine to like life. I was like, life is about not dying. And also it's about dying. And like life itself is both the opposite of death and its own thing. But also life kind of just means existence. You're like, what about when life, like life on earth, when human life is gone? I mean, there's other life on earth. Like what? Ah, life, you know, it doesn't just mean <laughs> biological life. It's like the day contains day and night and life contains life and death or existence does or God does. So yes, that is what is all flooding into your brain but also it might help you so there's like death coaching involved but also life coaching mm -hmm. or life coaching but also death coaching like sometimes it just might help you with a practical matter like one time I went in on like the 4th of July 2015 and uh, my my girlfriend was moving across the country and we were going to get a new place together my old roommate had just moved out and I was living in a big like two bedroom that was more expensive than I wanted to pay uh, by myself and my girlfriend and I, we weren't going to need a two bedroom. So I was going to, we were looking for a new place. Fourth of July, we'd gone looking out for a week. We wanted to move the next month. And I went in, I was like, well, it's now the weekend. It's a holiday. We can't, 
go do anything else about it. I'm going to this ayahuasca ceremony. Maybe we both went. And I was like, I'll hopefully just, you know, not not even think about it, not even worry about this thing that I'm worried about during this experience of this 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 chemical, this plant medicine, this healing psychedelic that helps you address the things that you might be worried about. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to worry about this thing for now. I'm just going to go have this experience in which I then ended up focusing almost the whole time on my my concerns, my my fear. <laughs> yeah. and, I was, but, and the thing was, I was like, what am I afraid of? Because like, I'm like, I feel afraid. I felt fear about not knowing where I was going to live. Like in a month, like where will I be? Like right now, this thing is telling me where I am, but where will I be and I was like okay well and I, I really was kind of freaking out and I mean I had this also psychedelic substance in my system but more the freak out was the freak out was already there and this this plant was shining a light on it and it was like hey you want to not think about this but this is what you are to think about sometimes people when they go into wow. an ayahuasca ceremony they might they might go in with an intention or with questions that they have for mother ayahuasca for the plant for the universe for god for their deepest self for the experience and the guide that i go to says come in with no expectations he says i recommend no expectations and the plant will help you see what you what you need to see or tell you what you need to know or help Ooh, yourself a lot of trust yeah. holy cow a lot of mm. trust i'm like sweating about that amount of tw- <laughs> trust and that's so wild. and and he says the effects come and the effects go and, and that's true of every psychedelic substance i've ever done that i'm not experiencing it now it came and it went and also of every emotion including like until right now every emotion that i've ever experienced before this moment has gone every it came and it went there's sadness in the past maybe you're sad now but it's a different sadness than you felt before it's not just monolithic one experience of fear or concern or worry or surprise or happiness it's like everything comes and everything goes and it's you know the presence of knowing that and being able to be like okay ah breathe you know let your brain breathe let your heart breathe let your lungs breathe let everything breathe and so what I was able to, what what I was able to do, or what happened for me, like it doesn't feel like I did it, but in that experience, uh, I felt like the questions were raised. What are you afraid of? Like, are you afraid that you won't have a home? I was like, I don't think that's what I'm afraid of because I do have like some savings in the bank. So I, worst case, I could continue to pay more money than I want for a little while for this bigger apartment that I don't want uh, if I don't find a new place, or we'll find a new too expensive apartment, or apartment that's <laughs> smaller or less comfortable or farther away from the train than we want, or in a neighborhood that we don't love or what it will find an imperfect it will either fi- we'll find a place or we won't and if we don't then we'll stay in the same place or we'll go to a hotel or my mom's house or another family member or a friend like I have people in my life that I'm grateful for that I think would would make it so that I wouldn't have to live on the street or in my car as unfortunately so many people might have to I'm very you know fortunate blessed uh like I I have I have uh, people in my life who care about me. I have uh, a career that has, uh, at the time at least, and still now, some savings in the bank that I, so I'm like, okay, so I'm not worried about, uh, why am I afraid? What am I, am I, I, it's just that I don't know. I don't know which one it's going to be, but just because, but I've like sort of detailed it, like a, a sort of an extensive list of all the possibilities. It's going to be one of these things or something <laughs> majorly, but probably one of these like 10 options. So, and some of them suck for sure. But, and I came out of it being like, yeah, it might suck, but it's not scary. So like I came in with fear and I left with that fear dissipated because that, that is, I, I, it wasn't, it seems like it, I could have maybe done that without a plant telling me, without a plant helping me, if I would just like logically think know. about it, but uh, I didn't do it without know. the plant helping yeah. me. Yeah. Totally. Oh, it makes me want to just like, yeah, 
breathe deeply and do some ayahuasca. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. I think the cool thing about hearing you say that is as somebody who has, uh, who likes final fine tuning details and perfection and the elegance of like kind of like joke math in itself, like just the perfect no word like misused everything in its place, perfection, the idea of finding a plant that can allow you to flow and be in the moment and realize that the beauty of no control is that everything is possible and that's okay, which is kind of what I'm hearing you say. Um, it, it kind of like loosens something up in me right now, especially with stay home and especially with where the world is. And um, yeah, there's something really beautiful and elegant in just hearing about it, even though I've never experienced it. And, and you were... Oh. Oh, uh, if if I may share one other experience, because like r- right now, like I'm in a comfortable, I'm in my home, I'm healthy and safe as as we speak. I'm very grateful for that. I share this place with my girlfriend, who I love. We're having, you know, in the bubble uh, of outside of which there is uncertainty and who knows and what's happening and so many different things. Like we are here and we are caring for each other with each other and with all that i from that place i can be like i had these experiences and like during the experiences like uh you know the guide that i that i go to comes from peru and he told us that peruvian lore says that there's like the uh the three these three realms that uh are represented by the snake the cat and the condor or maybe the cat is a jaguar and the snake might be a specific kind of yeah, snake, but uh, and it's like the underworld, like the world of the dead, this realm, and the heavenly realm. And so, and for some people, like the underworld might seem hellish. And so, all of those realms are like sometimes accessed, you know, it seems, or inhabited, or manifested in the experience, in the consciousness during ayahuasca. Like the first two, two that I had were like very heavenly. And then the third one, uh, maybe because of like some, I talk about it on the album, but maybe because of some food that I'd had too much leading up to it, and or like that caused me some physical pain, but that also then like caused these seeds uh, of like metaphorical, metaphysical, emotional, like pain memories arose. And that Mm. became part of like, everything does become part of it and it didn't feel good. And there's a lot of people that have had experiences with it. where like, this is not my favorite thing. And like every one of them wasn't beautiful and ethereal the whole time. And there's all these different, you know, ebbs and flows. And uh, now that I've had as much experience with it as I have, it's still like going into one. It's like, you know, some so there's some families that like uh let's say they have four four girls and the, the dad wants a guy wants a guy, wants to have a kid, wants to have a baby boy. So they try one more time, they're like, we gotta have one now. It's we, we gotta be we we're due for it. But that's not how statistics work, that's not how math works. Like now it's still fifty fifty. And so anytime going in, it's important to have like uh the ideal mindset and setting, you know, set and setting as you probably talk about for other other mind-altering situations i learned that from mary jane i learned about set and setting from mary jane when it came to like taking mushrooms and other oh yeah like that yeah and so uh with with respect to all that there is one time where i feel like there have been there every time is different uh, for every part every uh, i don't know what anybody else's experiences are like except in as far as they can describe them to me but still you can't know what it's like to look at what they're looking at and to feel what they're feeling because like, not even the uh, the visuals that are the visuals are it, what's what it's been said is like a canvas upon which like the the work is projected you know the work is painted or done and uh, but even in my own experience it's like not even the same somebody's like why do you do multiples so like why do you go to therapy multiple times like maybe you have a different thing to talk about each time maybe you have a different character that's going to arise maybe it's going to be a different movie or it's a different Twilight Zone episode or Black Mirror episode and it's like got the same feel the same vibe the same color uh, palette but they, so there's been a, 
a, a trajectory in a lot of them, like not all, but there's an, a, a, a thing that sort of comes up regularly, like a recurring theme of structure in it where it'll start anxious it'll be because like oh, i don't know what's gonna happen and then like physically like that your body is not you know like with mushrooms it feels like you're being maybe you're literally being poisoned of a kind it's like a specific thing that's yeah. acting on your body that then makes your your mind pathways do the things that they do and the chemicals do their thing and uh the chemicals do their thing i'm a doctor and uh <laughs> and so the, there's this these nerves and like you know sometimes there is purging cleansing vomiting you know and then sometimes that whatever it is at a certain point the effects come usually like for some people it could be slower it could take it come it could be faster but for me it it comes and then while it's happening like sometimes you take one shot at the beginning and then you're offered another one in the middle if you want or need or haven't felt the effects as fully as you think you might or could or want and then at some point then uh, I've heard Ramdas des- describe it as like in meditation, getting through like the asteroid belt. Like there's an asteroid belt, and then you get to the other side, and then there's this vast open space, you know, and you're in in the space of the experience, in the mind space, in the consciousness. And uh, I and that is a that was a resonant experience for me. That was a resonant uh, analogy. And so, all, so many freak, I, you know, it's not like you can count on it, but like, it was funny because there was one weekend where I did two ceremonies, one on a Friday afternoon and I had a show at night. So I was kind of freaking out about not, not knowing Dude. if I would, what would I be like? Like, I was like, I mm-hmm. think there's enough time based on my experience. I've done it before, but I was like, what if sometimes it ends up like staying in my system way longer? And so I was like, well, I will deal with that if it happens. But that was a perfect example of a time where the uh, the trajectory was as I had experienced in the past, started anxious, got through the asteroid belt, and then enjoy, enjoyed and exp- enjoyed the experience is not necessarily, it's a very simplistic way of saying it, but I had, had a meaningful, valuable, working, you know, a joyful, playful, workful experience uh, and restful in a way. And then I, I went and I did my show and that was fine and then two days later i was i sometimes you do two two ceremonies back to back or like a night in the morning or a couple days apart and like they might compound each other they might sort of like complement each other like one one time i did one on a saturday night and i just it was very intellectual and i was like oh love forgiveness that's those are the always love always forgive and i was just like <laughs> imagining people trying to argue with me like what about this what about oh no always love always forgive and like all these people are me and then the next night i and that's sort of actually where this new al the hour of comedy that is this new album like some of the seeds were planted there because i was like oh i think i started thinking about talking about the the thing that I cared about which in that moment was the ideas of I think I think I can make jokes about I think I'd tell truths that are funny about my experience with love and forgiveness and then that is I was like I I think I can and then I I endeavored to and I think I did so uh the next night though after that intellectual experience I felt completely uh, depleted like uh, physically depleted emotionally I felt I felt like I felt now like I was the victim of the yesterday me yelling, like, always do this, always do that. And I was like, I just want to lie down. I just want to feel. And it was just this much more this. I was I felt so tender. And like the the night the night before had been about like brain. And this one was about like heart. And 
Uh, and I was like, oh, I was like, how it felt like everything on the Saturday night. And then on the Sunday night, I was like, oh, it's everything from a completely different angle. It's like I, th- I was watching a 2D movie, but now it's a 3D movie or it was actually like a 4D movie. And now it's a 7D movie, you know. Uh, <laughs> and so this time, the second time in the weekend yeah. that I started the story previously, uh, now it was like, oh, I've got all the time in the world. I know all I, I no need to no need to even freak out. So I started this one calm and I was like, this is so good. Nowhere to go. Nothing to do. Just be here. Just be present. And I started that way. And then the reverse happened. I just descended into anxiety and I was like, oh, no, this is not what is quote unquote supposed to be happening this is not what I want why this isn't what I want I don't this isn't what's supposed this isn't like and then this as though I would have these moments throughout it which were the most valuable that felt like I was like oh wait why do I think it's not supposed to happen because I think I'm supposed to feel good like I'm like I'm owed feeling good like why do I think I'm not supposed to feel bad like there's no there's no guarantees and so I was like Oh, oh, okay. I, I don't. I'm not supposed to feel good. Being oh, okay, that feels good. It felt good to remember that I wasn't mandatorily meant to feel good. And then I would like lose. I would forget it. And then I would remember it. And remembering it, I have this joke truth thing about how heaven. If there's a room, if there are different rooms in heaven, like one of the, one of them could be. I feel like what it feels like to remove an apple peel from your teeth. Your teeth finally, like oh god, this th- that release. Thank God. Like I think that Ramdas likens death to like having taking off an uncomfortable shoe. That's that's releasing mm-hmm. from life into non-life and uh, or the next thing. And but the other one is remembering a word that you were trying so hard that you di- didn't remember. You were try. You forgot. Like, oh, formaldehyde, that's the word, of course. Oh, like the endorphins that flow of just remembering and just to to remember it is a heavenly type of experience. And then to be able to remember that it's also okay to forget and to have forgotten and that, you know, like life and death, remembering and forgetting are these flip sides. So I kept having that experience during that night of being, I'd say most of it, if, if I had to look at the numbers, I was probably like anxious most of the time, but every Every once in a while, it would be punctuated with these points of 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 cent of centering, of realization, of remembering. Like uh, Ram Dass tells the story of Hanuman, the the monkey god, and Ram, who he is serving. And I believe it's Ra- uh, Hanuman says, "When I don't remember who you are, I serve you. When I do remember who you are, I am you. We are one." And so Ooh. I feel like remembering is, anything is always like a, a brief, a moment of joining, of rejoining, of you know, re becoming a member of everything. I as I never thought about that, but uh, oh, I'm a member again. I was I forgot. I left and I was alone. But now, oh right, there is only one thing. We are together. Re. I'm not just uh, the president. I'm also remember, um, and, <laughs> and uh, a and member of remember. I remember that the next day, uh, I had a long drive, and I talked to my friend Zach, uh, my best friend, who I when when we have these experiences, we'll like if we are not there together, we'll like break them down with each other. Like, what did you what did you experience? What did you see? What did you learn? What did you glean? Anything of value that in your life personally or philosophically any life coaching or death coaching that you received that you want to pass along and I remember the next day having this long like a two-hour drive and talking to him for most of it and I felt like that was like the release that was like the shoe coming off that was like 
exhaling after having just taken in so much the night before with these brief moments of of being able to let it out and let go and remember but that that is what happens like the same way i know i'm bringing up ramdas a lot but uh he he says about meditating he's like the goal of meditating uh it it's not to become the best meditator. It's to have meditation, you know, become like a thing that is valuable and present and available and helpful, you know, in your, let's say your, your daily life in, in life to be, okay, my breath, your breath is always there. You're, you know, spoiler alert, you're always breathing. Like you can always, (laughs) (sighs) even if it seems like it's happening faster or differently for everyone uh, at different times, like that's one thing, that's something that we all have in common, I think is breathing. Pretty nice. Uh, Pretty nice. (laughs) I like the idea of like the word best, the most important two letters in the word best are just B-E and it's just like, just be, and then you can be the best you can be. Oh, if you're you're able to be. Can I say something to that? Uh, I'm going to record it into my, uh, my recording quarter here as well because uh, it's something that I might want to maybe I have thought of this before but uh, you just want to invest you just want to you're on B Street just be you know that's the street that you're yeah. on B S T <laughs> or be a saint be saint best um, <laughs> also I do want to remember remember I'm also a remember okay not just the present perfect so uh, I know we're recording this podcast but uh, sometimes just nice to have double recording uh, in it's case the, it's the best yeah <laughs> if you don't David <laughs> David Crosby, uh, we got to interview David Crosby last year, cool. and he was like, yeah, it was so fucking cool. And at one point he goes, you know what Joni Mitchell told me? And I was like, oh, dude. Ha ha. You know, ha ha. What? <laughs> and he said, uh, if you don't write it down, it didn't happen. Mm. Which was, you know, such a such a very, you know, simple statement, but it really hit me. And it was like, I've taken to writing it all down, especially in this weird time where time is, you know, so warpy and bendy and, you know, to just sort of keep stock of things oh yeah and here's uh you know they say picks or it didn't happen and uh so and a pick is worth a thousand words so you got to write it down with a thousand words or it didn't happen that's my new my update to Joni Mitchell's <laughs> advice to David she needed hey, that punch up yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey Joni listen yes I mean yours is good yours rip snappy quick absolutely but yeah have you have you tried saying it in more words longer like <laughs> me yeah. <laughs> I like the idea of like your next album is a it's like dedicated to fish and it's like six hours long and like we get to the chunks, but everything in between is just extrapolation on the joke itself. And it's almost like jam band comedy. A lot of notes on the way there. A lot of notes on the way yeah. there. Yeah. Do you know, I 100% uh, did a show that was kind of like that. Uh, the, the day my album came out on May 8th, Friday night. And uh, or came out Friday, like at midnight in the morning the night before. And that night, (laughs) yeah. So I guess it came out kind of Thursday night, if you wish. But as Thursday, (laughs) as Thursday becomes Friday, what is what is a day? What is time? And uh, how much do we have? We have we need some. Hey, there's a cat. I see. Uh, Yeah. Walking across the screen. A nice quiet cat. That's cool. Um, (laughs) But that the night that of May 8th this year, 2020, that my album came out, I did a release show via Zoom, via uh, the Internet streaming uh, at a place called the Nowhere Comedy Club that they set it up so that they at least curate an audience of people that are miked in the in the meeting. So it's shout out Ben Glebe. Oh, yeah, yeah, 100 percent. Yeah. So Ben and Steve Hofstetter and uh, Chris Bowers, they have they do a bunch of shows with really nice, like as close to having an audience as you can when literally nobody can come to your home or you can't leave and go to like I have. My girlfriend has been the only live audience literally that I've had. So my my jokes these days are skewing towards the topic of I love my girlfriend. And, uh, uh, you know, (laughs) uh, do you want me to help out uh, with the laundry or whatever? And um, 
So <laughs> classic girl. It's not at all. Uh, we we both we both do laundry, and I don't have any jokes about the laundry, but we do. I do have some about toilet paper that she loves. We don't have to get into that. But uh, the. <laughs> The, the show that I did, this is great. One of my favorite, I remembered, I, I'm back in heaven. And uh, the show that I did at the Nowhere Comedy Club was, I, I, I didn't want to obviously do the, al- the album that I recorded is, has been recorded. I'm essentially done performing it, uh, barring any unforeseen circumstances. Then the next hour that I was planning to take to the Edinburgh Fringe Fest this year is also close to, it's, it's, you know, as long as I'm working on it, it's still in process, but it's like in pretty, it's in, it's in decent shape. It exists. There's an hour of comedy. I'm very happy with it. And so I'm not performing that in these times, just, you know, into the ether. So I just did an, an hour of comedy of, I, I have a bunch of jokes that aren't in any established hour to be recorded that I'm like, oh, like I might do a live in between. I've done one before of live in between albums as a comedy album. And uh, my goal is to do that again uh, whenever it is possible and valuable to do it. And so this was, I recorded the show and I was like, I had a list of jokes that I'm like, these are jokes that I want to get to if I'm going to do them. But I allowed myself to be present in in the moments between the jokes. And I think I ended up doing in an hour, like three of the, you know, 40 jokes that I had planned to do Amazing. and just came up with, more, I think, a higher percentage of things in the moment than maybe I ever had during an hour performance before in part due to the fact that the audience that you can't really hear all of the audience all of the time. And I'm like, well, then I'm in charge of what I say and how it goes and what I think <laughs> of it. And I was just discu- making new, really fun, uh, valuable, meaningful discoveries and probably some nonsense ones that if I listen back, I'm like, that doesn't make any sense at all. Or how did I get there? Or what was going on in my brain that offered me to say that? But uh, yeah, the point is that uh, ayahuasca takes you on journeys. oh man are you coming up with any virus vocabulary uh what's an example of virus vocabulary i'm so glad you asked uh, can i before you before you answer can i give my guess of what one could be okay yes uh I, I don't know. So virus vocabulary, if it's talking about these times, like I call the the time before the pandemic and sheltering in place happened uh, and came into effect, I call it the before times. Does that count as virus vocabulary? Totally counts. Totally counts. There was a there was a big essay on it in the New York Times. Uh, Quar life evidently is how people ah. are referring to the current time. And I am trying to make crack the lappy uh, trend as uh, getting to work. Oh. Got to crack, crack the lappy. Like the laptop. Yep. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, you know. Crack the lappy. <laughs> I'm trying real hard. I like just it. Just wanted is, to float it. Is it catching on? Uh, I've, it's got a couple of likes on Instagram. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> Do you know uh, my friend, the comedian Baron Vaughn? Yes. So yes. Baron did uh, did a set uh, opening on my show that I did, as mentioned earlier. And one of the jokes that he told... Uh, I forget how he got to it, but he was he combined self care and quarantine into self quar. Uh, <laughs> so doing love doing self care in the time of quarantine. Uh, so just uh, cite Baron Vaughn as needed, uh, if you if you wish. Self quar. I don't even know if you say it self quar or self quare because it's. Uh, I so I try to get it somewhere in the middle. Self quar. Self quar. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I saw Baron on Mike's show here in uh, LA, and it was just yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah, he is. Yeah. So yeah, and, and then um, right back to you. If anyone out there ends up saying "crack the lappy," I guess it has to have Mary Jane's. Uh, Please. You know. <laughs> I'm so hopeful. <laughs> 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 I I was uh I, 
I think one of the things I love most about your comedy, Mike, is that I've been in an audience and seen it where everybody is laughing at the same punchline at the same time, but then you have people who are really tuned into your rhythm, and there's like a layer underneath that where it's like all the Easter eggs of jokes, all of like the snappy ones that might fly by some people, but if you listen to the album again, you'll pick them up because there's like an album under the album, or in the audience, there's like jokes under the jokes that have laughter in between the large communal laughter and i'm just curious if that's something that you set out to do something that worked out and that's how it is or if that even even you think about that and you're aware of it uh i think the answer is yes to all of it cool Uh, even the opposite answers um good that's a really thoughtful uh question that i appreciate whenever i say good question it it usually means i don't know and i want to give my brain time to make something up stall it but uh here's here's what i'll say um there's a I, I did acapella in college and at my summer camp uh, as a teenager, and I loved I loved it and I listened to acapella groups and there was an acapella group and I don't know if they still exist called the House Jacks, and I I heard this story about you know that an acapella group might have a beatboxer or they might call it a, a vocal percussionist and their their drummer their voice their vocal drummer. Uh, I learned that he he was so good. I saw them perform live once, and I'm like, he's doing things with his mouth that I don't I don't understand how those sounds are coming out of a human body. They sound like drums. They sound like if not even even the ones that sound human. I'm like, how is he going at that speed with that control? And of course, it's I like anything. You know, there's talent and there's practice and there's time, and you don't know what goes into something in somebody's experience. But I learned. I heard a story that. Uh, I believe is true, and I like to believe is true, that when he was learning how to do it, he was listening to other other vocal bands, other vocal percussionists, and so he'd listen to a song and listen to an album, and he'd just try to repeat what he heard. And he whatever he heard, he's like, if they can do it, then I can do it. If one human can do it, then this human can do it. I'm a human, and I can do what a human can do. And so he did it, and he learned how to do these complicated rhythms by listening and repeating them. And then only later did he find something out. There's a, do you know the, the book The Phantom Tollbooth? The, no, I don't. Uh, oh, The Phantom Tollbooth, uh, maybe a child's book, but I read it as an adult for the first time, and it's fantastic. Uh, like, I recommend it. It's beautiful. Uh, it's philosophical. There's so much cool stuff in it, and the part that's relevant that a friend of mine shared with me before I read it is that this boy is about to go on a quest, and there's like, I think a wizard is telling him, like, okay, you're going to go on this quest, and there's something I have to tell you about it after you complete it, and... Uh, and the boy's like, okay, you can't tell me now. I can't tell you now. And then the boy does it. And eventually, at the end, spoiler alert, completes the quest, comes back. And the wizard's like, he's like, what, what do you want to tell me? And he's like, the thing that I couldn't tell you before that I can tell you now is the thing that you accomplished was impossible. The quest was not possible. And if I had told you that, then you couldn't have completed it. And so wow. it, with this beatboxer, uh, the, the tracks that he was listening to, some of them were multi-tracked, the same beatboxer laying down voices over <laughs> himself up to four times possibly. So when he's listening, he's like, if one human can do that, one human couldn't do that. One human didn't <laughs> do that. But he thought it was, so he was able to do it. It turned out it wasn't impossible, but anyone would have, a wizard, the wizard of beatboxing, wouldn't would have told him, like, you can't do it. Sorry, you gotta, you gotta do one at a time. And so the thing that... I say that to say is when I started doing comedy, uh, I wasn't good. I mean, like, nobody's good. You start out, 
the first time you do comedy is like almost the same as the day before when you'd never done comedy. Like zero, <laughs> zero and one are very close to each other on a scale of zero to infinity, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and now, and s- sadly every number is, how does it, how does it even work? Uh, but eventually, like, uh, here's the thing. I, I was, I probably, part of the reason that I talk the way that I do, uh, I mean, we all have natural sort of like different, I'd say, libidos, you know, of of how we communicate, of how fast we speak, like maybe libido is not the right word, but uh, we have different predilections, different natural tendencies. And uh, like I have a friend, Dan Crone, also uh, on a, uh, did, a, did his live streaming show a couple of weeks or two ago. And he told, he speaks quickly as well in his comedy. And he told me that starting out, there was another, a fast talking headliner, uh, an amazing headliner in the area named Kevin Knox, uh, who passed mm. away, uh, some like a decade ago, I think. And, uh, or more and was amazing, beloved, hilarious. And he hosted the open mic and Dan went to him and said, Kevin, everyone's telling me that they think I should go slower. And Kevin's like, don't listen to them. I think you should go faster. And that was a beautiful thing to say because it's also not even true that uh, he should go faster. He should do what he does. He should go at his own rate. He should not listen to somebody telling him to do something that he's not, to be something that he's not. Even this guy is like, go faster. It's like a, he was like a Zen master. He was like a Zen faster. He was like, do <laughs> do this. Do like I tell you a thing and it helps you reveal within yourself what it is that you that you want to do that you can do the only thing that you can do and so that was the same for me but i think also one of the reasons that i started out speaking so quickly was and going from joke to joke as quickly as i did is because people weren't laughing at the joke i was like and i didn't want silence i was like here's a joke no okay here's another joke okay here's another joke until there's like this unending wall of like jazz sound you know and people are like yeah. uh isn't it isn't jazz about the notes that you don't play a little bit i'm like nope nope just a wall of jazz that's what jazz is <laughs> about just like you don't even know what you're listening to just like jazz 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 and <laughs> and so eventually when i started you know becoming capable of getting laughs and uh, and giving laughs and being laughs and having jokes work like you know the the classic joke is set up punchline and but sometimes sometimes the joke would work sometimes it wouldn't work so i was always adding like you know snowflakes to the snowball adding you know just p- adding on to the jokes to be like okay well if i have the punchline now what if i could make the the setup funnier what if i could make this part what if it eventually leads me to somewhere else what if it becomes a whole different poem or playground or idea or flavor or symphony what if what if it could be all of this and then so when i'm writing when i'm creating uh my girlfriend rini and i we we've i think she came up with the term that like i'm there's different phases like when i'm creating a new hour or new jokes from scratch starting out it's the blooming phase just like brainstorm everything let everything in let everything out like breathe in and out everything like turn the faucet on you know and just like see what comes out and then be like okay now what do we have and then the pruning starts and it go you go in and out and you bloom and you prune you bloom and you prune until eventually you have you know the statue made out of uh grass or whatever it is Uh, uh, a, a grass statue and just, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like in the shining the topiary exactly exactly yeah or, or maybe like a, a may a corn maze or a maze maze if you will an amazing maze maze and uh, <laughs> you i would all through the process be adding and editing adding and editing you know honing like so you know be like, oh, take this add this take that and so 
like structurally speaking, it feels, you know, in ways like, uh, like the beatboxer. Like I'm like, you know, not to, not to toot my own beatbox, but, uh, I do feel like I, I mean, I, I think it did come from initially a place of like insecurity and anxiety to be like, I want to make sure that this joke gets a laugh somewhere. So I'll put in three places that it should get a laugh. And if it gets only one of them, then Dianu. Great. We have it. That's enough. Mm. And if it gets, okay. And then under the best circumstances, once I've honed an hour to as much perfection as I can before recording it, then when I record it from in front of a great audience, then like, then maybe they all, like all the laughs happen. And it's like, oh wow, I guess I didn't even need all of those. And so on, then on top of that or underneath that, this is the first hour of comedy in which I feel like, so I've always been like caring about the jokes and there've always been jokes that I care about. Like I wouldn't put them on an album if I didn't care about them. I wouldn't record them if I didn't care about them. I wouldn't continue to do them if I didn't care about them. But in the beginning, it was the topics of the jokes were things that I didn't necessarily care about equally. Like some jokes might've been about my personal life, relationships, my family. Some of them could have been about social justice issues I care about, homophobia and racism and sexism and transphobia. Some of them could have been about movies that I loved or some of them just movies that I saw that I thought of a joke about. Some of them were just absurdist wordplay. Some of them, oh, this word sounds like another word and I think that's funny. And it's not to say that one way of doing comedy is better than another because there's a mating amazing there's a mating there's a mating absurdist look carefully be sneak up on the mating absurdist and i think <laughs> i think the absurdist is doing a mating bit right now oh it is and absurdity is born and so there's amazing so, absurdists there's amazing political comedians amazing observational comedians and there's uh, amazing people doing every kind of different comedy and some people doing all different kinds and so in the beginning i was just like wherever it comes from i don't know i was more asking jokes than telling jokes in the beginning like is this a joke i don't know until eventually oh other audiences told me it was a joke it's a joke okay i'm telling jokes now guys i'm telling them i'm telling you i'm telling jokes and then eventually i came to like with my last album or the it's sort of a an incremental procedure or process of getting more structurally uh like cohesive and then more uh like sort of thematically cohesive like my last album before this one was all about not wanting children or at least stemmed from that idea initially and then this is the first album, where, but still it ended up going off in like lots of like fun, weird directions. Like not every joke on it, like necessarily even makes sense. There's just silly impressions. There's whatever it is, which is all fun. And there's like fun is valuable of its own accord, like for its own merits. Joy is valuable, even if it's not about engaging with, you know, an emotional truth or a, a political reality as like some comedy is wonderful and engages what is happening in the world or in the self. Some comedy. That's why I love your Twitter, man. Oh, because you. you just put you just put cute joke alert. Oh yeah, and then it's it's just a piece of joy, and then that's it. It's also, just some joy. I love the idea of a David Attenborough of comedy. Ah, you know, <laughs> I would watch that show. Yeah, totally. Perfect. Perfect. Sneaking up on the absurdist. And so, just, yeah. yeah, some people want comedy. Some people enjoy like more like escapist. They want to be. Like, I want to escape. You know, I read and some people are like, no, I want to engage. You know, I read a wonderful. Ursula K. Le Guin quote, I forget what it is exactly, but it was basically like, escape is heading towards freedom, so what's the problem with it, you know? Like, if you want to escape, good. Especially, like, what if you're a, you know, a medical professional, or somebody on the front lines of some essential care business in these times, and you're going to work, and you're helping, and you're engaging all day, and then you come home, and you want to you want to stop for a minute. You want to breathe out, exhale, and take in something that isn't as engaging with the thing you've been engaging with all day, so absurdism and just 
just silliness and joy have their place as well. And so this is to say that this is the first time that I realized this album with this, like since the ayahuasca ceremonies sort of helped plant the seeds and I started meditating and I met this wonderful girlfriend who is uh, so wise and kind and helps me like, you know, identify within myself like the the some of the best things that I am able to do and see and be on and off stage. And like just so many experiences moving forward and like learning about Buddhism and other spiritual paths and like writings and teachings and just like opening up to more things than I had been. Like I feel like, you know, I'm, I've been on, I've been on the path of myself for the whole time, but just so many different specific things. Like my girlfriend introduced me to Pema Chodron and Brene Brown and Byron Katie. And uh, I, I got into Teek Nhat Han and uh, Mark Nepo and just all these different like wise teachers and learners and people just like co co earthlings, you know. And fi- she sounds awesome, by the oh, way. Oh, she's the best. <laughs> and uh, she sounds so rad. And so all of these things like led to me being like, oh, in the beginning of my comedy career, when I didn't know as much what I was doing, of course it made sense to be like, this idea seems like it could be funny. It is funny. Great. Then do that idea and just keep doing that. Even if some of the jokes like don't go together or whatever it is, it's just like jokes, just an hour of jokes. And now I feel my, my goal is like aspirationally, you know, the way that I, I love I love Eminem's rap. Like certainly I don't know if we would be friends, but uh like some of the <laughs> some of the, the the things that he says, uh I'm like, I don't think I would say that thing, but the technical artistic craft that he he emanates is un it's undeniable, unquestionable, and I, I just love it. I, it just does things to my brain and my my being. And what one of the things that he does, I feel, is like bringing Oh man, it bring like he like there's like a story that he's telling in a song and it feels like he's magnetically attracting rhymes to it that he's bringing them like he's not just like what rhymes like in the beginning of my comedy career I was like what rhymes this rhymes that rhymes oh great this one this one and that one hit one and hat one you know oh that doesn't make sense I'll make it make sense later don't even worry about it we'll fix it in post you know we'll fix it in post mm-hmm. I'll kick it in the ghost you know like what why but that's not what <laughs> boom, boom boom that's like I'm like I can I can do it I can certainly rap if uh, meaning is not important, like, but it takes me more. And that is the way that it, when I do freestyle rap, I'm like, I will, I'll say something that rhymes and then I'll be like, well, the next thing has to make that make sense. And if that one doesn't rhyme, then the next one has to rhyme. But he is doing everything at once. And I, I feel like now I am at least on my way to uh, a version of like, I think this album is the most uh doing that in the way that I can as far as not just having jokes that I care about, but having jokes that I care about about things that I care about talking about what I want to like that there are that's why I have these now live in between albums albums uh, or ideas for them because some of the jokes that I'm writing don't go into one of these hours like there's I can I will come up with like my my girlfriend suggested having just a podcast where I talk for an hour and just like go just turn on the faucet maybe call it the faucet just like let it go let the faucet go and tap in you know and then until the audience taps out and then keep going anyway because I am (laughs) my own audience and I and I love it I I love me I'm I'm working I'm still there's a, a zen 
master, uh, uh, I think a Buddhist master named Shunryu Suzuki, who said to his students, you are all perfect exactly as you are and also could stand some improvement. And that is the way that, I mean, it's, that's true of all of us. Like we all are only what we could have been given what happened, what preceded it in our lives and in history in the world. And we also can continue to grow and move forward and learn. And so I'm so glad that this, I do feel that this album is a culmination of, you know, a culmination and also uh, just a point along the path that hopefully I'll continue to grow and improve. And so to answer your question, I feel like there are, like I read a beautiful review uh, of the album. Like it made me, it made me feel so good from a a site called Comedy Cake. And uh, it's, it basically shared the same, the same sentiment as your question that like listening to the album uh, and like a a TV show, I think called Dark that she compared the experience to that I haven't seen, Mm. but that there's like a a surface level that you can engage with where it's like, it's good. You know, like the, the jokes are there, the, the story, like everything makes sense and works. And then upon repeat listenings or uh, repeat viewings, depending uh, there are, I mean, it certainly was my goal to make this hour of comedy a cohesive piece that if you listen to almost any track by itself, you will be able to enjoy it. It is, it's not just, you're like, what's, where's the rest of the puzzle? It's just, it, there's like maybe only at the end when everything comes together, like that ties together things from earlier callbacks to previous jokes. But for the most part, everything can fit, can stand on its own. And then also as a, as a cohesive whole, it becomes obviously more than just what the sum of its parts is. Uh, or maybe not obviously. Maybe some things, you never hear about the things that are like, ah, this is actually exactly equal to the sum of its parts. How about that? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, look at that. One plus one plus one is three. So 311, what about 3111? How about that makes a lot more sense. They left out one of the ones. Maybe, ah, we lost one of our ones. Well, just, we'll fix it in post. 311, we got I love, it. Every time you punch it up, you just make it longer. Like the goal of the punch up is to extrapolate and just make it lengthy. Oh, I like, I, yeah. I mean, originally there was just polate, but you know, I got some extra polate around here. I'll extrapolate. <laughs> Uh, To what I'm hearing and what you're making me feel like that I wasn't able to put into words is like for me, and I say this with a lot of love, um, you're like the the tool of comedy. Because for me, I love a good tool album and I'm listening to the layers and I'm like, ooh, it's not just Maynard's lyrics or ooh, it's not just Danny's drums, but it all comes together. And as a concept from the whole, it's a beautiful concept or you can just listen to Parabola and have a great time. And uh, uh, so you're the tool of comedy for me, my man. (laughs) I I can definitely understand what you're saying at the heart. Uh, I, I really appreciate what you're saying. And also not being familiar with tool, the fact that you're calling me the tool of comedy does also on, on the surface makes me feel one way but deep down I feel a different way sure <laughs> we won't we don't have to get into which is which or what those are oh there's layers no but yeah I, I definitely <laughs> I'm I honestly do think that when I started out it really was just like I just wanted I wanted to be funny and I now also want to be funny and I also want to specifically say meaningful things from my perspective and my experience and about my life and the world that honestly, I understand that so many comedians might start out that way. That might be the where everybody starts from. Like there's some comedians that are just like, I have something to say and maybe they don't know how to do it funny yet, but then they get funny along the way. My, I think I was, you know, I, 
here's the thing. I didn't have either in the beginning. I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, universally funny as I still almost nobody is, but I wasn't even almost, you know, I was like, I had no self-awareness about either any of the things, but I had the, I had a motivation. I had drive. I had belief that I, I've had belief in myself and I didn't know that the belief in the self that I had the belief in was actually like my future self that I was like carving away. Like they say, you know, how do you make that? marble into an elephant well you just carve away everything that doesn't look like an elephant i was like there's an elephant here and people are like i think we're looking at a block of marble actually i don't (laughs) i don't see the elephant i'm like look look closer my grandma told me there's an elephant here you know what i mean so i i do think that this album has more more mindful uh there, there was a more mindful creative process than simply like i mean and it's, I don't even know how to say it because to say, huh, just just the best jokes that I could come up with, like that was those were my albums in the past. So like just merely the greatest, most hilarious jokes that I could write. And now it's merely the most hilarious jokes that I could write along with, you know, hon- honed in on uh, the thing that I want to be saying. You're Michelangelo Kaplan. Uh, <laughs> oh, my middle initial is A. That does work. Okay, yeah. I have to say, metaphorically, it makes me think of, uh, I'm from Newfoundland, and there's sea ice in the spring, and the seals come down on it, and it's like pans, different sizes of uh, small portions of ice, and you have to hop from piece to piece. And oh, it wow. sounds like you've sort of built this, like, you know, all of these different pans of ice floating into your world, like Brene Brown and Byron Katie and Pema Chodron and Ram Das, and you're hopping from sea pan to sea pan to sort of, like, go out on the hunt. Yeah, that's one of my favorite, uh, I think, uh, like news channels about the Arctic is uh, CPAN. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah. good. <laughs> so much fun. Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, we need to wrap up uh, this, but I would love to. I mean, would you come back and talk with us again? I would love to. Please? It would be amazing. At first, I thought that you your background was possibly, but now I'm wondering if it's like, if you are a star, in your background. Oh, like, that's that's so sweet. It's uh, I think of it more as a front ground. I know the word is foreground, but uh, I yeah. I think that that's actually behind. What looks like space behind me is actually just the space within me, or the me within space. I can't say, I can't say for sure. I mean, I can't. I can say everything for sure, but uh, then later, don't <laughs> look. D- don't double check. Don't check my work because uh, I'm running across a bridge and it's collapsing behind me. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Please, 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 one more time, please plug your album, sure. your podcast, um, everything that is good. I'll plug everything, including my ears. Stop talking, you guys. Please don't. <laughs> uh, I'll be happy to return. Uh, yeah, my album is called AKA. My name is Mike Kaplan. Mike is spelled MYQ. So if you look for MYQ Kaplan anywhere on social media or my website, you'll find me. You'll find the album. If you look for AKA on, you can download it on iTunes. If there's some people that are like, how do we get the, how do we get you the most money for it? You know, there's a lot of different ways to get it. What gets you the most money? Very thoughtful question. The way to do that is to Venmo me directly. Just whatever you want, 100%. Uh, so you can, then you can stream it for free. I don't care. I mean, I just, I'm happy for you to listen to it but downloading it on itunes is definitely helpful for the algorithm i'm told streaming it on whatever service you pay for is helpful but definitely listen to it anywhere you can go get a physical copy or find all the options at my labels website which is blondemedicine.com slash aka blonde with an e medicine.com slash aka my podcast is called broccoli and ice cream my special on amazon is called small dork and handsome and uh the, the album's called aka i'm just like i'll just keep repeating everything over and over again as though, <laughs> yeah. like right after these 
these messages will tell you more uh-huh. about this message. And the message is, AKA, uh, also known as my album. Thank you so much for <laughs> having me. It's really been uh, a pleasure of a conversation. I'll hope to talk to you about uh, other mind-altering things, or these more, or comedy, or I understand uh, you're at a, a Stones magazine now, so I'll talk about uh, rocks and paper and scissors, whatever you like. Yes. Uh, it's a it's a, about Stones, but it's on paper, and then you can cut it with scissors. So what's happening there? I do also I do also make music. So happy happy to discuss all the things that you might want to. Happy to sing you a song. Okay, I understand we have to go, but uh, <laughs> uh, yes. I appreciate oh, it so much. So, so much fun. Thank you so much for hanging out. Uh, this has been great. I can't wait to talk to you again, yeah, honestly. Please, a- a- literally anytime. Let's, let's do it in one minute. Okay. Okay, great. Perfect. And we're out. Okay. And if you want to listen to us, you can find us on Instagram at Weed and Grub, which funny enough, Mike's podcast, Broccoli and Ice Cream, Weed, Broccoli, Whoa. Grub, Ice Cream. Whoa. Oh, the synergy. <laughs> and also, Broccoli is also Grub. So it's Weed and Grub and Weed and it's all in, it keeps being like Inception levels, which is like my comedy, man. Now, you know, you can make anyone sound like kind of foolish by just making this voice, man, you know. I was looking at the science and I turned out that actually global warming is going to cause quite a problem, man. You know, okay. yeah, oh yeah, we should really uh, look into that for sure. Yeah. That's so funny. Can I tell you? My, yeah. Oh, oh please. What yeah, my, well, my bit the other day was um, um, people like Gandalf like ending their epic quest monologue with or some shit. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> you you must go get the ring. Or some shit. Uh, that <laughs> is good. Is I will tell you one final joke from my friend Zach, uh, who I may have mentioned earlier. Uh, Zach is, among other things, has a rapper, comedian, uh, crossword show uh, founder. He created his name Sherwin. Called the, the, Zach Sherwin. Zach Sherwin. One hundred percent. Yeah. Fantastic. Oh yeah. yeah. Zach in one of his songs and and other places, he came up with the idea of. Uh, what if in mac and cheese, uh, the initials of mac and cheese are M-A-C, mac and cheese, which spells Mac. So what if the Mac in mac and cheese also stood for mac and cheese, and then that became <laughs> like an Inception type situation as well? I believe the video, the so- that song is called uh, Vest Friends. Uh, oh, cool. <laughs> and so check, check Zach out, everybody. Uh, definitely, definitely get my album. Here's the... Here's the Maslow's hierarchy that I offer that I think is important in these times. Perfect. Number one, most important, take care of yourself and your loved ones, your your medical, your health, your your food, your shelter. Then number two, take care of other people, uh, people that you care about, your neighbors, uh, strangers, people around the world. Number three, definitely buy my album, 100% on iTunes if you can. <laughs> uh, rate it, review it, subscribe it. That's number three. Number four, get Zach's albums, 100%. Listen to those. Go to the Crossword Show when you can. Number five, spiritually self-actualize. Maybe get some ayahuasca. Do whatever you can, but that's the order. So so self, other, me, Zach, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Kaplan, thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. This is amazing. And we're wrapping at 420, can I just say? Oh, is, the timing is amazing. And what is the, uh, what is the importance of that? I don't uh, know anything about that. Stoner time. <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I, you understood my bit. My, my bit is that I pretended not to know. And uh, I'm sorry that I was such a good actor that you took me very seriously. Hook, line, and sinker. Oh yeah, I, I'm sorry that I ended on tricking you, but also right now it still is only <laughs> four nineteen. So we need, we need. We gotta vamp. Gotta vamp yeah. it. We gotta, we gotta vamp. vamp. Hook, line, and stinker. Do you know How about that? Uh, is yeah. that something? <laughs> Can I offer this? I actually thought of this. I believe on four twenty uh, that. Uh, it, 
obviously one of the things that's known about it, it's also Hitler's birthday. It's like, why, why do you want to celebrate, you know, the joyful holiday that is 420 on also Hitler's birthday? Why not Hitler's death day? And I looked up, do you know what it is? It's no, 420. I think it's 430. I think it's like, I think <laughs> it's maybe 429. It was definitely, it, it was later in April. So I was like, just, <laughs> just wait 10 days. Just like forget about 420. Wake up and be like, oh no, man. And then, you know, just be a stereotype and be like, I forgot. No, it's cool. You know? And then yeah. <laughs> there we are at 420. Perfect. Perfect. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs>